We love you and thank you for this day, your many blessings, your hand upon us, your spirit leading and guiding us. Again, Father, as we tell you daily, but every service is a privilege and honor today to be a Christian, to be a child of God. We thank you for your love for us, that even when we were your enemies, even when we were in the bondage of sin, you loved us so much that you gave your only son, Jesus, to die so that we could live. And we thank you today as we stand here in this church. He's not dead, but on the third day was raised from the dead. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's ever living to make intercession for us. And we thank you, Father. He presented not only himself, but his precious innocent blood is the perfect sacrifice and payment for our sins. And you received it on our behalf. And we thank you today. We've been cleansed, washed in the blood, and we stand here as children of God. But as much as we think you were in the body of Christ, we know there's a plan and a purpose for every church, but for every person, every family you said you knew and had a plan for us for we ever formed in our mother's wombs, one of success and to prosperous and not one of failure and defeat. And we thank you tonight, Father. You know the state of every person, their heart, their life, where they are. Matter of fact, you know the future better than we know the present and the past. So you know the word from your word that they need tonight, the anointing of the Holy Ghost that needs to accompany the Word tonight so as they work together. The Word through the Spirit of God and the Spirit working together, you're raising up a great, mighty, exceeding army and as they've come tonight, I believe just as me, they've come not in and of their own strength and ability or in their own expectancy, but with the Spirit of faith, expecting to receive from you Receive with meekness this engrafted word that's able to change and challenge in all of their lives forever. And as they receive the word that comes forth tonight, it'll do just that. It'll change them forever. And again, we thank God for the word, but we thank God for the Holy Ghost. Everything that's said and done this night, everything that comes through, even the Bible, will not just be any word, but it'll be divinely appointed, anointed, and instructed and directed by the Holy Ghost. He's the guide. So now as we move into the teaching of the Word tonight at your instruction, I believe I've got a message fresh off the press from heaven. You just give it to me this morning. I hadn't even crossed my mind ahead of time. And I know there's people in this place that need it. So now as it's delivered, we believe they're going to receive it. Their lives are going to be changed, challenged, and altered forever, never to be the same again. And above all else, we thank you. Everything that's said and done will give you the glory, you the honor and praise you so deserve. We thank you for it now by faith. In Jesus' name, Amen and amen. You can be seated and the children can be dismissed. The rest of us are going to get in the Word. As I said, a word for you, a word for tonight, a word for this day. You know how often you need a, 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 a fresh word from God? We, we don't need any fresher than this word. I don't mean it that way. You're not always looking for a word. But, but you know, even the children of Israel... When God was providing for them, they couldn't store up the manna. They needed daily bread, right? You need to wake up daily, daily, and, and put God first. You look at Mark 11. We're going to go there. This is, again, I'd never say an odd message, but it is one that came out the blue, but by the Holy Ghost is the only part I care about. I've studied it before, and it's not what I've been studying and I don't believe it's any kind of series or anything, but I believe it's for you, at least somebody, to help all of us, to help you, me, and everybody, because it's the Word, but it's for tonight. And, and it's just it's healing school, as we've been doing on Wednesday nights at the Lord's direction, unless He leads differently. And, and, and I had, don't, don't write this down, I'm, I just changed it. But uh, I had I'd originally titled it, at the Lord's instruction, Developing a Mindset of Health and Healing, but I, I just want you to title it, Developing a Biblical Mindset. Because it's got a lot more to do with just health and healing, which is necessary and which we'll use as an example. But like I said, a lot of times when you get a message, and some of you may already know this, when the Lord deals with you about something, you'll get a thought. Matter, matter of fact, the, the word that I got after praying and praying in the Holy Ghost this morning, again, hadn't crossed my mind in some time. It was mindset. And I'll just tell you what he said for somebody here. You have a desire. A, a direction you want to go, change that you want to take place in your life. And the Lord said it's perfectly fine because it's in line with his will. It's, it doesn't oppose his word. It doesn't oppose his will. It's fine with him for that to come to pass. He said, but your mindset in order to bring it to pass is wrong. You've got to change your way of thinking. Because the way you're thinking contradicts the actions and decisions that will be necessary to bring to pass the will of God in your life. So what does that mean? You have to change. What's the good news? You can change. Amen. That's the good news. 
It doesn't have to be like it's always been. You know, you see people sometimes hard for them to change, hard for them to get out of a box. And, and we've had people even in coming to church and stuff, they'll come and they'll be for a little while and they'll say, well, I just, this is so great and new. This is what I, not that it's new, but this is what I need and everything. And they stay for a little while and they go right back to where they come from, to the place that they didn't receive what they needed from the word or the spirit to begin with. It was drying and dying on the vine, but it's what they knew. And when their mindset was challenged in any degree, they went back to what they knew. If you do what you always done, you're going to get what you always got. God wants to bring you out. And for somebody here, we, this could apply to everybody, but there's somebody here tonight that, that it's time for some change to take place in your life. But if it makes any sense, and it will when we get in the Word, you have to change the change. Right? If things are going to be different, we're going to have to do different. And I could preach a series on this from not because of all my great knowledge, but because of the way the Lord has had to deal with me about my uh, mindset, I am a person that is not apt to change, which is great if you're supposed to stay the same. But if God instructs you to or leads you to change and you stay the same, then what is that? That's disobedience. Amen. It's not anything to be bragged on. But we're going to talk about developing a biblical mindset. The first step to walking in God's best on or in any subject is you got to know what his will is what's his plan what's his word say you receive by faith and faith begins where where the will of God is known Mark eleven twenty four. 24 we know what the whole thing says but verse for sake of time 24 says I say unto you Jesus said this what things soever you desire when you pray believe that you receive them and you shall have them Romans ten seventeen says you can look at it some of these ones we quote regularly, and I, I don't think it helps you. I think you need to see it in the Bible to know that it's there for yourself. Romans ten seventeen says, So then faith cometh, you receive by faith, right? What are you going to receive? What you believe to be true. What are you going to believe to be true? Well, in reality, it's, it's great if it's the Word, but whatever you've adopted as a mindset that's true. Many people believe right is wrong and wrong is right. Because they have a wrong thinking. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by what? Hearing by the Word of God. So to be able to receive God's best by faith, you've got to turn your attention, you've got to turn your eyes, you've got to turn the ears of your spirit, you've got to turn them to what? You've got to turn them to God's Word. Look at 1 John chapter 5. We need, especially in this world that we live in, and to be honest with you, it's everywhere. It's not mine or yours. Even in your family and your friends, most people do not have a biblical mindset. Even the church today does not have the mind of Christ. It's available for everybody. But the church today, sadly, is more like the world than it is like the Word. And the only way you're going to think like Jesus, think like God, right? This is His thoughts. This is His words. This is His sayings is we're going to have to not be conformed, follow the same pattern as this world, but renew our minds with God's Word. 1 John 5, 14 says, This is the confidence that we have in Him, the boldness that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, His purpose, desire, He heareth us according to what? His, his, his will, which is His word and if we know that he hears whatsoever we ask we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him so this is the confidence we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will he heareth us your confidence which should go along with your faith boldness and assurance it will waver or either even not be present if you're not sure of what's God's will why are we continually having teachings and ministering on what we'll look at in just a second it was over exodus 15 26 and of course numerous other scriptures that god wants us well and has made provision for healing why do you need to be taught this repeatedly because you cannot receive and will never receive anything that you don't by faith that you don't believe god is god's will it's impossible you saw this and not knocking. I know I mentioned it Sunday morning in a measure. But you saw this when the coronavirus hit. You saw where even the church's faith was at. You saw where their trust and dependency was at. And it was not in God or the man of God. 
What's happened there? At some point in, in, in the process of history and time, the mindset of the church has got wrong and has created a dependency upon the world system, what the doctors can do, as opposed to looking to who? Christ my healer. And many say this don't matter, but that's what keeps you the same. This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. So our confidence, faith, will waver and or not even be present if we're not sure of God's will. Concerning healing, which is not our only topic tonight, but we have discussed and taught this repeatedly. If we're going to receive healing and walk in divine health, we must first be 100% sure that it's God's will that we're healed, right? We, we know in the children of Israel, with them, they were God's children. But today, we got a better covenant based upon better promises, right? If we look, look at it real quick, because it's one of those be good to mark in your Bible anyway. Psalms 105. Psalms 105, verse 37, talking about the children of Israel. Psalms 105, 37 says, He brought them forth also with silver and gold. That's why this one's so good. Because they were blessed, not broke. They were favored, not cast out, right? Because they looked to who? They looked to God. He brought them out. He brought them forth with silver and gold. And it says this. There was not one feeble person among their tribes. Just that one scripture, and you need more than one scripture, but just that one scripture, I, if I look to God as my source, and I know He's able, and I know He's willing, it's not His will that I'm sick. Right? And it's not His will that I'm broke. You say, but you don't, you don't know my circumstances. Well, you've allowed your circumstances... To create a mindset that contradicts the word, it's going to take you away from God's plan instead of towards God's plan. In, in my life, and, and some people already know this, and, and you never know what anybody deals with except for that person, and you know, you know and yourself about what you deal with, and, and God knows everything, obviously. But in, in my life, I, I, it's been a couple years ago now, or at least last year, my, my great-grandma, Granny still, Granny's mama, died from colon cancer. And I've seen this stuff in other people's family. But she died from, was it colon cancer, but she was in her 70s. So you didn't think as much about it. She wasn't old, old, but she wasn't daddy's age either. Then my daddy died of colon cancer that had spread to his liver when he was 49 years old. You know, and, and we face opposition like everybody else does and deal with things like everybody else. And, and I had been dealing with some things, and I had a colonoscopy probably 10, 11, 12 years ago. And, and everything was, was fine then. But this last time around, I was having some symptoms and having some issues and having some stuff that, that they tell you, to, that they warn you about, you know, about those kind of things. And I know my family history, history, natural family history. And I know, you know, first thing when you go to the doctor, especially if you've never been there before, what do they want to know? They want to know your family history. Because what has taken place throughout any family, whether it's sickness and disease, whether it's addiction, I don't care what it is, adulterous, adultery, and all the, those things seem to, you ever see strongholds run through people's families? How are strongholds created? With wrong thinking to begin with. A wrong mindset will create a stronghold in your life. Wrong mindsets throughout a family will create a stronghold. Well, the enemy tried to come into my mind, obviously, and as I was having these symptoms and I was going, he would be harassing me and saying, well, this is what's going to happen, and that's going to happen, and all these things are going to happen to you. You know, he'll do the same thing to you, and I probably don't have to preach that and tell you that because you already know it because you've dealt with it just like me on all sorts of different things. But he was endeavoring to develop a mindset and I could say, it doesn't matter what I say. Well, my daddy stood up and preached health and healing, and he died at 49 years old, and the devil can say that to me, and it's true. He said he laid hands on the sick, and they recovered and cast out devils. You believe in doing all those things? That's great. And he still died at 49 years old. And he laid out all this case about why the Word of God, what's he endeavoring to do? The same thing he did in the book of Genesis in the beginning. He's endeavoring to inject the thought, not only that, but get me to buy it that contradicts the Word. Because that's the way I'm going to end up in a direction and in a place that God does not will that I'm at and that's not his best. 
You remember Jonah, in the book of Jonah, he fled from the presence of the Lord and it causes him problems. Well, the devil doesn't come and grab you by the arm or put you in a chokehold and drag you off. He deals with your mind. And the devil's saying all of these things and I'm in a different place now in many areas of my life, but in the area of long life, I know what he said in Psalms 91, with long life would he satisfy me. And I'm not dying of sickness and disease. And matter of fact, it may sound corny to you, but I have a number that I'm going to live to. And then I'm going to make a decision because I followed behind great and mighty men and women of God. And every single one of them, Dr. Hagen being one, but numerous one, Wigglesworth is right there, is 86, 87 years old. That don't mean you got to leave when you're 86 or 87. But I'm going to live to be that old. And I'm going to live, the, I'm going to live my life out for God and do great and mighty things for the kingdom of God. And when I went, and this is a long story short, when I went that day to have a colonoscopy, if he'd have come in there and told me something was wrong with me, and that I even had polyps, and I'm not knocking anybody that ever has, I would, have been, I would have had to question my faith. Because he endeavored to do that, but I didn't accept his thoughts. I went to the Word, we'll look at that in just a minute, Zacharias. I went to the Word and contradicted, the Word contradicted what the enemy was telling me. I didn't allow what has happened in my family to create a mindset that would produce a stronghold that would keep me or take me to a place that's not the will of God for my life. Does that make any sense? And by the time I got there, I said, no, nah, I love Daddy. I love uh, Granny Still. I love everybody that went that way. I'm not even questioning their faith. That has nothing to do with me. They answer to God. I answer to God for myself. They answer to God for, me, for them. I, I'm, but I'm focused on the Word. This is who I am. This is where I stand. This is what I'm going to do. It's like a, a, a people talk about failure and defeat. That, that's, 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 the, that's foreign to me. I don't, I don't understand. Because all things are so terrible. Things are so bad. And, but because my mindset is the Word of God, my first thought process is, no, 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 no. God is so good. Even when things are bad, everything's good because I serve a great big God and He is good. And no matter the mountain or valley, I'm going over, through, around, whatever's necessary. Say, but you don't know. Yes, I do know. You say, why, why do we see things differently? Because we mind in two different things. We just read it, Psalms 105, 37 said. He, he brought them forth also with silver and gold. We had people talking about financial prosperity. And he said over in Deuteronomy 8, 18, we could give you all the scriptures that we have. We'll keep on going as the Lord tells us to. But it's God that gives us the power to get wealth. Third John 2, beloved, I wish you all things, that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prosper. We have people come to this church and teach different things. Well, I'm not opposed to them now. I wasn't opposed to them then. I speak to them now, shake the hand, everything's great. No fussing, fighting, none of that kind of stuff. But they come in and we taught along those lines and they would say, I know that's in the Bible because he's given me the Bible. But that's not what I've been taught and I can't receive it. And left it didn't come back. I can't receive that. Because that's not what I've been taught. I see it's in the Bible. Because one of y'all said, you don't see it in the Bible? I said, yes. I see it in the Bible. But you don't understand. That's not what I've been taught my whole life. I can't receive that. That's a stronghold. That has been developed. You see it in families all the time. That's been developed from a wrong mindset. What kind of mindset do we want to have? A biblical one? Of course we do. And again, you can write it down. I said it a while ago. They walked in both healing, health, and blessing. Exodus 15, 26, latter part. He said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. They were all healed and they were blessed and it was God's will. And now again, we're talking about mindset. Just wrote this down from this morning. The Lord said, many of my very own children have come to a roadblock in their lives. For some, they've come to this place numerous times, and they cannot seem to move past it. Frustration is building, and even their faith and trust in me has waned. I want you to show them tonight the real culprit, a wrong mindset. If they will address this, they will blow right past this roadblock and walk in my best like never before. A mindset, and you probably don't have time to write this down. I don't usually do it this way, but, but I just looked it up even in the Webster's Dictionary. A mindset, as you can think, mind has to do with your thoughts and, and anything you think about concrete or such. It's it sets, it's what? It's fixed. 
A mindset is a fixed state of mind. It is an inclination. We may or may not have time to talk about it, but, but your environment, your friends, your people that you hang with, you have to be careful. Because you can watch a tree out here. Some, they grow straight towards the sun, but if the, something happens to them, they hit. But even if the, if the wind, the wind usually will just blow in one direction, but if it steady has pressure one way, it'll lean that way. The same way people are. If you get around the wrong kind of people that talk the wrong things, negativity and doubt, you'll find yourself leaning which way? You know which way you lean. You get around people that's of fate. That's why you got to know your company that's going to build you up. And the world says there's no way. That's why you need to bring your seat to church. And we teach you thanks be unto God who gives you the victory. You just not, you just not, maybe might make it. No, that's not true. You're going to trust God and you're going over unless you give up and quit. But if you keep messing with people that feed you all of that kind of stuff, you'll have a bend, a bend, and you'll lean a certain way instead of growing like you're supposed to. That's not what we want. It's a fixed state of mind. And, and this is dictionary.com. I use this one as well as, as, as the thesaurus on there sometimes, but you know I don't use it much. But, but a mindset is an idea and an attitude which a person approaches a situation. You ever have people that come to you? In, in deal, that's why in the church, now this is spiritual because we bring the love of God in. It's like messed up relationships all the time. It doesn't make any sense because if you do it God's way and you walk in the love of God, it doesn't matter if we have an issue. A Christian, that their heart is right, when they come together, even when there's a problem, they're both willing to do what it takes to make it right. And when they come with that mindset, now something, a lot's not that way. They, want to do, they don't want to come together to make it right. They want to go divide, 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 divide. Their mindset's wrong. But when our mindset is the love of God which makes allowances and when there is an issue, we not go to other people. We come together and we work this thing out. But you can see them coming sometimes. It's, it's, which is, it is an idea or an attitude which a person approaches a situation, especially when these are seen as being different to others, if you think about, and, and people want to holler and scream about politics and stuff, it's, it's a waste of time. Because it doesn't matter, and, I, and this is, part is not spiritual, although there's spiritual forces behind both of them. If you have a mindset of a liberal, or a mindset of a conservative, that's the way you lean. That's the way you go. It doesn't matter how much you holler and scream at each other. Nobody's going to listen to you. And people don't get that. I don't know why they don't get it. The only thing you're going to be able to do is be the Christian you're called to be and let God through you minister to somebody's heart. Then they can get changed from the inside out. Then they can get their mind renewed with the Word and come out of what they've been in. But people want to holler and scream, and then people in the church, because it's so carnal and fleshly, is that, well, we got to tell everybody, you're not doing your job. No, I am. My mindset's right. I'm doing what God told me to do. The mindset to attack everybody that disagrees with me is not of God. Right? Psalms 23, 7, you already know it. As a, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The way you came tonight, you brought different mindsets with you. What you take in, even as far as other teachers, preachers, and ministers, you develop a mindset, and out of that mindset, you'll develop an expectancy. The Lord told me before, he said, I want you to pay attention. There's certain people that I've called you to follow, which is great. He said, you deal with this with people in your church, and I do. But he said, you're called to follow certain people. Lester Sumrall was one. Kenneth Hagin was one. Smith Wigglesworth was one. In the books they wrote, and, and, and at the times that I followed them, or at least in their lives, the Lord said, you need to remember they were evangelists or apostles, and you're a pastor. He said, you have many in your church that listen to people that are evangelists, and they develop a mindset, and they come to the church, and they're disappointed because you're not like somebody that's an evangelist, and you're not an evangelist. I'm a pastor. My job is to teach you and feed you with knowledge and understanding so you can grow up. 
We're to be outreach-minded. Everybody should want to see people saved. But the primary goal of the evangelist office is to get them in the body of Christ. But the primary goal of the pastor is what I'm doing right now, is to help you grow to be the man or woman of God that you're called to be so you can be a light in the darkness in this world everywhere you go. That's my job. Right? As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. A wrong mindset will produce a stronghold that will keep you right where you are in life. The only way to change this is to renew your mind with the Word of God. Of course, put on the, the Word of God. This is, this is simple, but it goes along with healing. And while we're saying this, go to 2 Corinthians 10. And take note, because as simple as it is, it can't be overlooked. People do this concerning healing. They'll say, I believe God's going to heal me one day. I know He's going to heal me. I believe He's going to heal me. Now, you've been here long enough to know, what is that? It may be hope, but it's not faith. Hope puts off in the future, but faith in God makes hopes a reality. Makes hope a reality. I may hope God heals me and hope says one day, but faith says what? Faith, confession, the confession of your faith means to say the same thing God says. Bible faith to receive your healing says what? What things soever I desire when I pray, I believe I receive it. When? When I have it? I believe I receive it when I pray. What's Hebrews 11 one say? Now faith is, faith is now. That's not perverting the scripture. Bible faith, if I'm truly trusting God for my healing, no matter what the doctor has said, no matter what I'm dealing with, no matter what's going on, if I'm trusting God, the Word of God says this, and I say the same thing, thank God that He loved Jesus enough and I'm saved. Saved does not just mean forgiveness of sins. It means healed and delivered as well. So I thank you, Father, by the stripes of Jesus, according to the Word, I'm healed in Jesus' name. That's Bible faith. Now, when people have not been taught and just anything is said and done, they will be frustrated because they'll not see the Word of God produce results in their life when reality, because of a wrong mindset, they've never even received the Word of God. It's like with the church. No, it's thriving, flourishing, and growing. It's paid and full in Jesus' name. You say, you're crazy. I'm in faith. I'm 100% in faith. I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't argue with God. Who am I to argue with God? But I would have to have a talk with him if God himself, as much as I respect him, if he come here tonight and stood here in front of his church and said, Jason Wallace, you don't trust me. I'd have a hard time swallowing it. And I'm not trying to, I'm not God. I don't mean that disrespectfully. But I'm just telling you, when you know, you know, you know. I know. I trust God. He's my supply. I know. We're just getting started. I know the best is yet to come, but I know we've obeyed God, and I know the moment we stepped into faith and the moment we obeyed, God began to move and work. You say, where is he moving and working? That's his business, and I don't care. How's he going to do it? Don't know, don't care. He would say, you expect people to do this? I expect God to do what he said, who he uses? I don't care. It means nothing to me. I don't expect things from people in that sense. We expect God to do what he said he would do. But I had to get my mind renewed to the Word of God in order to get to that place. So I'm going to be healed one day. Faith is when? Faith is now. Same way with deliverance. We'll look at those things in a minute. But 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but, not, but, but mighty through God to the pulling down of what? Strongholds. Strongholds being a by definition, it is a fortress. In reality, when you develop a wrong mindset for any period of time, you hold fast to that way of thinking. We'll talk about it in a minute, but that's what religion does. And, and, and again, I, am I against one person or the other? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not talking about anybody in particular, but it's what denominationalism does. If you go to the Word of God, there's no denominations. It's all man. There is no denomination. There's a church at Ephesus, Galatia, Right? Philippi, it was at a location. It wasn't based on sex that produced division. That's by taking this and adding this to it. Yeah, I believe the Word, but I'm going to write these bylaws and my tenets of faith and what I believe. 
Some of the hardest people you'll ever get filled with the Holy Ghost is people that's been taught salvation is real and right. Baptism of the Holy Ghost, we believe in speaking in tongues. But my God, if they've been taught, you've got to tarry. Oh, you've got to wait. God will fill you whenever he wants to. Well, you already know the devil's going to use that thought. And it ain't going to be your night tonight. Don't worry about that. It's kind of like they went into the steakhouse. And I, me and Laura Lee heard it years back. But it's kind of like he's talking about faith and, and hope. And, and he said, you go in the steakhouse. The way people are with the promises of God. They're yes and amen. They're settled in heaven. You settle them now in your life by faith. But he said, he went in this steakhouse. There's a big old wooden plaque in the back up there. Get you excited until you think about it. It says, free steak tomorrow. This wasn't nothing they put on a dry erase board. It was permanent. It was made. Free steak tomorrow. Well, that'll get, that's how people are in church. Oh, praise God. Yeah. You come back tomorrow, what's it say? It's kind of like in the church. Oh, just, just hang on long enough. Just hang on long enough. You're going to get there one day. Your ship's coming in and all this kind of stuff. No, it ain't. That's, that's not biblically correct. We have to be in faith. And surrender to God in obedience. And, and, and then we can see the will of God come to pass in our life. But there's just been this mentality. It's like with me as a pastor. And I'm just following the Holy Ghost. I got so much on this today that it would take three services to preach it. But you have people today that are gravitating. And I have to say this balanced. They're gravitating to churches and other people that major on nothing but love and acceptance of everything. Don't matter how messed up you are, don't matter what you're doing and all this kind of stuff, this is the only thing we're going to do is love you and accept you because that's who Jesus is. You say, well, you could debate that. I could with no problem. That's not the goal. God is love. I never whatsoever would ever teach you anything other than God loves you and in Christ Jesus has accepted you as his child. That is a biblical truth. That's right. I, if he you already know that. If he told me to take the whole service tonight and preach nothing but Jesus loves you, I would do it. I have done it. It's a fact. But what happens is, is people get into churches and around people and they leave places where there may be some correction and maybe it is wrong. I don't know. I wasn't there. But they leave places where there'd be some correction or friction and they get over and say, I just love this place and it's just so awesome. Everybody just loves me. Everybody just accepts me where they, I, like I am. And then five years later, they finally, it dawns on them. I'm in the same situation I was before. And they get a revelation. The problem never was that God didn't love you and he had accepted you to begin with. It was a wrong mindset producing wrong results in your life that got you to where you were and is keeping you where you were. God's love for us should be a settled fact. And as soon as you get that revelation, one of the things you'll see is that was never our problem to begin with. He loved you when you didn't think he did. He'd accept you as his child even when you questioned it all the time. Because you're looking at yourself instead of Jesus. That wasn't our issue. Was it? Never was the issue. Never was the problem. He said, casting down imaginations in verse 5. Casting down imaginations. Do you know you're not supposed to just let your mind run off with you? Casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Pulling down strongholds. And, and you're not going to have time to write this down, but stronghold in the Greek is 3794. It means to fortify through the idea of holding safely, protecting. You see this, people do this with other people. They'll protect them in their sin if you're not careful. You see this with a lot of family members. Some of the worst people... And the people that love you the most sometimes is your very own family. Because in the name of love, they'll embrace things and help you to hold on to things that's destroying you. When really and truthfully, they need to love you, but tell you the truth and help you get out of the situation that you're in. And that's lost today, even in the church. And it's, it's a shame, but it's true. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Stronghold also in the Thayer's means anything on which one relies of arguments and reasonings by which a disputant 
endeavors to fortify his opinion, not the truth, and defend against his opponent. That's a stronghold. So a stronghold, we could say, in layman's terms, is a way of thinking. It is a mindset that holds a place of predominance in your life and mine. A stronghold, uh, and, it's, and it's a wrong way, of thinking a mindset that holds a place of predominance in your life and mine. Here, for all of us, the Lord's warned me about this, and I've tried to warn you guys about this. Many people desire for the Holy Ghost to move. But the very people the Lord told me that are desiring for Him to move have a mindset and a picture of what they think is a move of the Holy Ghost. And they won't accept nothing else. So if he wants to move different out of their image, out of what they think it should be, they reject it and they're done. So even though their heart is, I want God to move, when he doesn't move like I think he should, I'm not going to go with it. And the Lord said, you warn the people and you tell them that. Because he's never going to move outside of the word. I don't mean that, and everybody that knows me knows that. He's not going to move outside of the Bible. But he's also not going to endeavor to replicate what took place in 1989 or 1981 and do it exactly the same. He's going to move to meet the needs of the people today in line with the Word. And he said, my definition to you for a move of the Holy Ghost is pray, listen, and obey. You find out how the Holy Ghost is moving and just go with him. That's a move of the Holy Ghost. I don't define it. And you can't either. But a wrong mindset will keep you out. I've come to church repeatedly. I don't have specifics for you because the Holy Ghost didn't tell me. But there's people in this place that you need to not just be open-minded in the sense of accepting everything, but there are people here tonight that God wants to take you to a place that you even desire to go, but you've got to change your way of thinking. You've got to be willing to change. You can't stay the same and get different results. What your specific area or situation is, I can't tell you because God's not told me. But he's had me to minister this message tonight to kind of prick your spirit, obviously, first, but to open up your soul, open up your mind to receive what he's saying in his word. And I've been here and done this. I give you a long, long three months of praying, probably, if not six. I didn't write it down. But the Lord began to deal with me about direction and show me this big picture. And show me all these things, and I say and know things. Even talking to Laura Lee this past week, and she believes in me. But I told her, I said, I know this might sound crazy to you, even coming from me. Because I'll say what God says. But she said, no, it don't sound crazy to me at all. She's crazy too. That's, all, that's, that's one of the things. That, you know, that's one of the things you ladies got going for you. I don't know what it is, but us men, we like some, a little bit of crazy. So some of y'all make us so happy. <laughs> and I know it goes the other way. I know what y'all are thinking. Y'all are crazy too. And the reality of it is everybody thinks somebody's crazy. Let's just be crazy for Jesus. But I said, the Lord, show me all these things. But in, in, in getting the vision, the vision is great. And, and the plan is great. And what God wants to do is great. But he's been dealing with me about some other things. And he said, this is great. And it's true. And it's right. And it's my will. But you've got to change to get there. You have to make adjustments. Some of the things we're going to be talking about shared in the church. The Lord said, if you don't do this here... When it's time, you won't be ready here, and everything won't grow together. Matter of fact, even with what me and Laura Lee's called to do, if other people are not trained, right? If other people are not trained and equipped, it won't work. And that's just that much of it. But the Lord gave me several different areas, and he said, as you change these things, it won't prepare one of you, it'll prepare all of you to grow. And instead of addition on occasion, it'll be multiplication. It'll become much faster. Right? So, if we look at verse 5, we did. Casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So, it can only be brought down, the stronghold, by changing what? By bringing what? Into captivity. Every single thought to the obedience of Christ. And, and the obedience of Christ, we've, we've shown and, and studied it out, the obedience of Christ is the Word of God, right? And, and following Jesus is not that complicated. But it has become very hard for many to receive Him and all He's done because of a wrong mindset. In the same chapter, or the next chapter, look at 2 Corinthians 11, Paul talking to the Corinthians, it's one of the things that they did. 
Let's start verse 2. I am jealous over you, 2 Corinthians 11, 2, over you with a godly jealousy. I've espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin, virgin to Christ. Virgin. He said, verse 3, but I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled or deceived Eve. How? Through his subtility. So your minds, that word mind in the Greek is the same as, as every thought in verse 5 of chapter 10. Thoughts, intents, purposes. Your minds should be corrupted from what? The simplicity. The simplicity that is in Christ. Why were they deceived in the beginning? And, and why were they deceived and missed out on God's best? This was happening in the church of Corinth. They had allowed people to come in that were saying things. Of course, they're thinking all the things they're saying. I'm speaking words tonight, and, and, and these words are producing images, producing thoughts in your mind. Right? If you sat in another church under another minister, especially if you wasn't preaching the Word of God, you'd have a different mind, set different thought pattern when you left here. Right? How in the beginning did they get deceived and missed out on God's best? They received a message from the serpent, which was Satan through the serpent, that did what? It simply contradicted God's Word. Right? And if we look at verse 4, this is the church today. If he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive another spirit, which you have not received, or another gospel, which you have not accepted, you might well bear with them, which is not good. They had a new message, new gospel, under their own Jesus, their own Holy Ghost, right? And not only that, they come preaching this thing, these, these different ones, Jesus, Holy Ghost, and the Gospel. They come preaching this, and, and the bad part was not they preach it, but they received it. Your thoughts create your purpose, or purposes. Your thoughts will create a mindset that over time are going to create actions in your life that's going to bring results. What are you thinking? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Is what you are thinking, is it in line with the Word? That's why the news will destroy you. It'll destroy your life. So I don't, I don't agree. It's fine. Keep doing it. You're living proof. It'll destroy you. It'll take your mind away from God. Why is it so important that you start with God in the morning? You set your mind on things above. You set your mind. You're setting the course of your day. This is who's first. Every number is important, but there's the number one and first is different than any other number. It's singular. It's one. Simplicity in the Greek, simplicity in Christ, means singleness. You say, I'm going to be open-minded. You better get your mind fixed on Jesus and the Word of God, and He'll lead and guide and direct you. With God, less is more, not more is more. As I bring my focus into Him, right? Set my mind on things above, not on things on the earth. This is not opposition. This is not an attack. But I've got numerous examples, and I'll not be able to share them all. But mindset, examples of, of a wrong mindset. Medical science, even in the church, this is not an attack. I'm not telling you. We don't teach you that the doctors are the devil and they can't help you. The good doctors have the same desire and goal that we do and that God does. They want to help you, even though sometimes they can't. This is not an attack on the medical field. But concerning the church, where we're to be, our ultimate goal, we are to be people that say and live by, I am the Lord, He is the Lord God that healeth me. But when it comes to sickness and disease, they'll listen to and run to the doctor. But it, the, the bad part is not just that. It never, I've told people this for years, it never even crosses their mind that healing can be received from God and possibly even at church. You have a healing service and people think you are a lunatic. Are you crazy? What's the church doing? You having a healing service? You got a picture of wheelchairs and flowers? You think people's going to be healed? Yes. I believe we have to stay late. Late, late, late. And add extra services to minister to the sick. As we get our mindset right to accept Him fully as our healer. And to firmly believe that Jesus meant what He said when He said lay hands on the sick and they recover. 
You say, well, so-and-so's bound by everything. He said in Psalms 107, 20, he sent his word, and he healed them, and he delivered them. What's the mindset? And again, I have love, I have compassion. Anybody that I have ministered to, you know that I do everything I can to try to help you. But you know what the biggest and hardest thing to get somebody set free that's addicted? You know what the hardest thing is to overcome? Sit down and talk to them. You know what you hear repeatedly? I can't stop. I can't quit. I cannot put it down. You don't understand. And them not being mean to me or anything. So in that situation, in reality, what's the what is the what's what's the pro- is is the addiction the problem? Or is the mindset the problem? If you firmly believe, okay, the word says that I'm not to have let sin or any work of the devil have dominion over me. The Bible says that who the Son, Jesus, has set free is free indeed. So if my biblical mindset is God's word, no matter what I have done, no matter where I have been, When I get my mind renewed with the Word of God, I can't tell it like he did, but I've, I've done this several times and told it. I'll never forget it. I was listening to, I think it's I Changed My Mind by Jimmy Evans. I, don't, I'm, I listen to mostly his marriage stuff, and I haven't listened to that in a while. But, but I, he's got a book, I Changed My Mind, and it's real easy to read. It's not hard at all, but it's awesome. He talks about renewing his mind with the Word of God. He talked about when God got a hold of his life, he turned his, I mean, he was terrible in his own testimony. He was not a good person. He was not raised right, and I mean, at all good, and then it carried over into his marriage. He did all sorts of stuff, and he said on top of that, he said, you know, might not have been a big deal to anybody else, but I got saved and got called into ministry. I was still hanging out with some of my same friends in a measure. He said, but I was smoking Marlboro Lights. Marlboro Hundreds, whatever they are, I don't know what they are. But, but he said, I was still smoking the Marlboros. And he said, he said, but the Lord had ministered to me. I had received the word. And he said, my friends thought I was crazy. He said, but I got to think about it. And he said, you know, the Lord's called me to preach. And today, today it would probably be all right. But back then, when he started out, he said, the Lord called me to preach. And it's probably not going to jive with me being a chain smoker. You know, they're coming up for counseling. He's outside taking a smoke break and let it say let me finish my cigarette for you and i'm not i'm not picking on nobody i'm not i'm trying to help you we don't pick on and mock people that's not the goal the goal is to get you set free but sometimes just like jesus if you listen to the holy ghost he'll prick you that's why you be careful you hang around a lot of people enforce and enable you and they hurt you because they actually help fortify your stronghold keep you the same but he said you know i don't think this is going to be good me being a chain smoker and i'm going to be a pastor so he got a hold of the word. And the Lord said, don't you never say again. What does a smoker usually say? I'm a smoker. What usually happens? Even if they try to quit a hundred times, they'll either go back and get the cigarettes out where they threw them in the trash or side of the road or go back and buy another pack and say, well, I thought I could quit. But I can't quit. And the reality of it is, the more they try to quit, not the stronger they get, but every time they try to quit and can't quit, they actually get weaker and the, str- and the hole gets stronger. Because every single time the devil says, you done tried to quit a hundred times. You couldn't quit on 99. What makes you think you can quit now? And he's right. Because if you don't think you can, you can't. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And I'll never forget him saying, he said, my friends thought I was crazy. He said, but I was sitting up there chain smoking. And he said, they come around and then I'd already told them about being a preacher and all. And they got on me about being a smoker and said, how are you going to be a preacher and you smoking cigarettes doing all this stuff? He said, I'm a non-smoker in Jesus' name. They said, are you crazy? Look at him, he's got a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. He said, I'm a non-smoker in Jesus' name. And of course, they probably said some few choice words he said and called him this, that, and the other, as, as the fellows do that's especially not saved. Some of the ones that are saved. <laughs> called him some things, said, you crazy, you lost your mind. And he said, I, but God told me. He said, don't you never say you're addicted again. Don't you never say you're a smoker again. So I'm a non-smoker in Jesus' name. He said, you know what happened? See, you don't receive first. You believe first. You develop a biblical 
viewpoint and mindset by renewing your mind with the Word of God. And the Bible says I'm free. And when I'm in faith, which is how I receive, what happens? I receive what I believe. He said it was no time, completely lost my desire for a cigarette, never touched one ever since. Never even thought about going back to pick another one up. And he tried to quit hundreds of times at his own as a mission. But he have to change. The title of his book, if I'm not mistaken, I changed my mind. Did you know you can change your mind? You take your children. I've got so many. So many. People don't understand why people's lives are the way they are. And we get to see this with counseling people sometimes. You get to know people's families. And no, I'm not thinking about a person in there, but this is over the years. When you find out what people come out of, you figure out how they got like they are. And I'm not blaming nobody. But it'll be something you have to overcome. Now, some people say, no, I didn't train my son. I didn't train my daughter this way. I didn't do these things. But a lot of times what happens is somebody else comes in, whether it's at school, sports, or whatever, and they have an influence, and it affects them. It doesn't just have to be you. The Lord told me even about children. He said, many of my people are having problems majorly with their children because they're not doing their job. No, that's cursing. He said, they expect the, ch the coach, the school teacher, the daycare worker, and the Sunday school teacher to raise their children. He said, it's not their job. He said, it's the parent's job. They expect everybody else to do what they're supposed to do. But they're following the ways of the world and going after the almighty dollar. Sending their children to, get Rome, to Rome to get educated and it'll cost you. People educate them. You see it with marriages. A lot of times they come out. You say, well, my children can make their own decisions. Yes. But you'll, you'll, we've dealt with people that's been in volatile situations. I mean, get slapped around and stuff sometimes. And it's not even that big a deal to them. You know why? Because back yonder, mama used to, daddy used to slap mama. So even though it's crazy to you and me, even though they may know it's wrong, it's really not that big a deal because their mindset was developed when they were being raised. You know, this happened in a lot of people's lives. Their mindsets, this has happened in church. A lot of people can't change. It's very religious. As I said, denominationalism. People say, and, and I, I'm not against anybody. I'm not. But I could never, ever say, I'm Baptist. I'm Methodist. I'm Pentecostal holiness. I'm Church of God. I'm Presbyterian. I could never say that. It's not biblical. It's not biblical. I'm a Christian. You say, that's, that's just because you got this church, or maybe we have this church because that's God's way. People say, well, what are you? I'm a Baptist. No, you're not. You're a Christian. You're a Christian. That's what they called those after the way was Christians. They didn't call them Baptist. They didn't call them Methodist. You say, are you attacking all of them? No, I'm teaching you. I have buddies and friends in this town, this pastors of these different churches. I shake their hand, I hug them, and I'm not being two-faced. I love them dearly. We can disagree on things and still walk together so far as Jesus is Lord. I'm not looking for a fight, but I'm talking to you about a mindset. And again, be careful, even with your family and friends. The Holy Ghost told me about this church. I've told Laura Lee, warned her, because the Lord told me. He said, you have people around you, even some close to you, that are for you. They're not against you. Nobody's saying that. I'm not saying that. He said, but... Their perception's wrong because their mindset's wrong. And if you listen to them, it'll influence you in the wrong direction. He said, so love them, but don't listen to what they're saying. That's what he told me. Do you know you can love people and not listen to them? When do you love people and not listen to them? When what they're saying is contradicts the Word of God. When you have a biblical viewpoint, what will happen to you as far as victory, as far as defeat? You, th this stuff about I'm going under and all this kind of stuff, and what are we going to do? You, you don't. I wouldn't fight anybody. You'd have to jump on me to get me to, to fight somebody because I'm not looking for a fight. We're walking in the love of God. But to, to try to convince me you're defeated, you're a failure, and you're going under, you, you, it, would, it would affect me less if you just slapped me because that's the same thing as slapping me spiritually. I'm, I'm, not, I'm one of God's very own children, aren't you? Yeah. I, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a failure. I'm not defeated. You say, oh, and people say, you don't know my... You don't know my situation. You can leave here and say it too. You can leave here and just say, you, but, 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 oh, but, but he just don't know what I've been through. Yep, and what you've been through has created your mindset, and that's why God had me to preach this message. I've seen people all my life, women to men and men to women.
The, the women will say, all men's dogs. You ever notice they, this? Usually they wind up with a dog. Somebody's that way. You know why? That's their mindset. That's what they expect. You don't expect no more. There's no arrogance. There's none of those kind of things. But we don't have those kind of problems. We don't have the problems a lot of people have. I'm not minding other things, other places, and other people. I mind Laura Lee. And not just from the pulpit. Not just with cheap words. You'll get people that are certain ways, and they say, oh, I believe everybody's that way. I had a fellow that, that he's dead now. I don't know that he went to heaven. He, he ministered with my dad. Not, well, was with him when daddy ministered. He didn't minister. But he was with my dad and, and would go, and different people set free and delivered and born again in different people's houses. He helped him in the church as an usher and all sorts of things. This guy had a mentality about women. He said, I know what the Bible says, but I don't believe for one second that God expects me to only have one woman. And he would sleep with every woman he could find. Matter of fact, to the very day he died. Every time he came back, every time he got a good woman, he got married several times. Every time he got a good one, you can imagine what happened. Well, he had a mindset that he couldn't have just one. And even if she was a great woman, and I, I knew one or two of them that was pretty good women. I didn't live with them, but compared to him, it's pretty good for sure. Well, he would ruin that marriage based upon what? A wrong mindset. Then he eventually, he got in and out of church repeatedly. He never could get it right because he never changed his way of thinking. Dr. Hagen said the number one need in the body of Christ, number one need for the world, salvation, but you're already saved. He said the number one need for the body of Christ is renewing the mind with the Word of God. His son was there. And his son told me about his daddy when he died. And I hadn't been there and seen him. But I've heard about death angels and all this kind of stuff. And he said his daddy was in his bedroom. He's probably in his 60s when he died. Screaming. And this was the guy that fight the devil. I mean, mean as the devil. Fight, cut, and everything. And he said his daddy was screaming bloody murder and fear. He said, you see them black angels. You see them black angels up there. He said, they come in to get me and take me to hell. They come in to get me and take me to hell. That's what he told him. I wasn't there, but his own son. I knew very well, told me that. His life ended that way because of a wrong mindset, more than one. But a wrong mindset continued to take him down the wrong path, even though it wasn't God's will. Just a couple, three years ago now, his son, who I tried to help repeatedly, tried to help him over and over and over again. He comes sit in my office and talk to me crying. And he loved his daddy. Every, every, little, every son loves their daddy, looks up to the daddy. He sat there and he told me. He said, Pastor, he said, I know my dad. I know I know what kind of person he is. I know about the alcohol. I know about the drugs. I know about the women. He said, but you just don't understand. He said, my daddy's my hero. He said, when I was 11 years old, he said, I was hiding, smoking pot, marijuana. He said, I was hiding it. He said, my daddy was doing it one end of the, room, in the house, and I'd be in the, I'd steal it and go another end of the house. And he said, I was in the, bed, in the bathroom, smoking pot in the back room back there. He said, and daddy come beating on the door, and I was scared. And he, he said, I, I come out with my head down. He said, son, come on out here in the living room with me. He said, don't hide no more. We'll do this together. And from that day forward, they smoked marijuana and they snorted crack cocaine, did all that kind of stuff, all of it. He developed that mindset. You know how successful he was. He was a couple years older than me. He died about two or three years ago. I think of a drug overdose. You see these things run through families. Why can't you be the person to change it? Just write these down and look at them when you get home. i got numerous other, but I, I don't need to give you all the examples. Write down Luke 18, 18 through 23. Luke 18, 18 through 23. And, and then write down Mark 5, 25. Through 34. That's the one with the issue of blood and a rich young ruler. A rich young ruler come up to Jesus, calling him master teacher and all such things, respectful. But he asked him, you know, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And many people interpret this different ways. It's got different meanings. Some, some scriptures, uh, it's called the law of double reference. It can, it can mean more than one thing. 
But, but a lot of people talk about money and all that kind of stuff, which is great, because that's what he, the Lord said, sell all you got and give to the poor. And he left sorrowful, this rich young ruler. But, but this guy, he said, I'm doing all of these things. And, and he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And, and Jesus did say, sell all you have and give to the poor. But he said, and come and follow me. And then the biggest thing Jesus is pointing out there is I've studied, and I do not believe I'm wrong. If you could prove to me I was wrong, I'd repent and, and straighten it out. But this guy was doing all of these things, and he was a Jew, and he said, you know what, the Jews believed that they could do enough good works to receive eternal life. They were working for their salvation, is what the Jews believed. So he said, I've done all these things, and, and Jesus said, if you just do this, you know, you'll hear and, and come and follow me. So the, the mindset of this individual and what Jesus is pointing out, it doesn't matter what you do because that's not how you receive eternal life. You could do all of these things, but you have to come and follow me and trust in. So what's he saying? You are doing all these things. But this process will not get you what you want. And if this thought process and actions will not get you what you want, well, you have to change. If you want a different marriage than what you're your mom and daddy had, well, you can't do what they did and get something different. It won't work. Same way with your finance. You see people with poverty. This is so, so, there's so much in this, you already know. I mean, uh, honest to God, you probably, your mind's probably rolling too, but I could go on all night. People with a poverty mentality. That's one of the biggest things we have to deal with, a poverty mentality. You start talking about God wants you blessed, and Christians who say God is a good, good father, who want their children blessed and want to leave them in inheritance, when you say God wants you blessed, oh my God. No, I can't receive that. Don't preach that. And if you look at the big, the big picture and the scope of things, and I try to help people by saying this, in essence, when you take that approach, you consider yourself a good father, and you want to bless your children and bless your grandchildren and leaving them an inheritance, but you believe God loves you, and He wants you to struggle to get by so you can stay humble. In reality, that may sound like humility, but it's great pride. Because you really believe you're a better father than God. If you, I mean, is that not right? I'm blessed, and I want to bless my kids. I want to bless my family. God loves me, which is con contradictory to the Bible, this next part. But he's withholding. The Bible says he does not withhold. He loads us daily with his benefits, yeah. which is the redemptive plan. Stand to your feet. But if you look, look at the, the, in Mark chapter 5, the one with the issue of blood, you know, she had this issue of blood that was flowing all the time. She was considered unclean, and there was a stigma where she's supposed to come in, and she's got all these rules and regulations, and announce she's unclean and not to be around all this many people, all this kind of stuff. She didn't allow what everybody else thought. She didn't allow what everybody else said. She didn't allow what her feeling. She heard of Jesus, who's the answer. And she busted through all of them, kind of like blind Bartimaeus. She busted, they, numerous times the disciples would say, oh, no, 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 and Jesus would say, bring them on. Bring them on. You can move through and bust through anything. It doesn't matter if it's been set in your family for 500 years. You can change. But how are you going to develop a biblical mindset? Obviously, by minding the Word. Set your affections on things above. Not on things on the earth. Colossians 3, 1 through 3. The litmus test for the believers. Philippians 4, 8. Think on these things. Right? i got to stop. I'm trying. Depression is a state of your soul. Not your spirit. It's a state of your mind. You become depressed and go down, and that's why medication may aid, but it never helps or cures. You mind things that bring you down. All of us have been there. The devil says stuff, and you listen, and if you listen, he'll start just like Peter, right? But then when you develop that biblical mindset, and you say, ho, 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 no, 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 this isn't the way. I've been there and done that. Different things run through different families. I'm not throwing nobody under the bus. I could name off some of your families, but it wasn't. It was probably been several several months ago. I was talking to Wesley on the phone, and we were talking about something. And he said, "You know this runs through all of us in the family." I said, "I know, because I know a lot of them's dealt with it, and I know I dealt with it before. So I know stuff that runs through the family. But I know I got saved, and I know I got a new father, and I know I got a new bloodline. But see, it's kind of like taking a child." That, that, that's messed up and been, I mean, just mistreated and abused. And you give them a new family and adopt them. They come out of this stuff. 
And there's nothing wrong with the father and mother. There's nothing wrong with the family unit anymore. Thank God we're saved by the blood of Jesus. We're God's very own children. But even after we're saved, you'll find them, and we've seen them, acting out and up and running away from a good family, running away from what blessing is, what provision is. Why? Because they got this mindset from back yonder. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Think on these things. The Word of God. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, we thank you for this day, you many blessings. Your hand upon us, your spirit leading to God. I have to trust tonight that by the Spirit of God, I have said what you wanted me to say, and you have done the work in, your, in their hearts that you wanted to do because you told me what to say and do, and I have. But, but I, I, I didn't know in the beginning, and I don't know now, specifically what they're dealing with, specifically the place you're leading them to in life. But I know their heart had to be opened up. I know their minds had to be opened up to receive the Word of God and to recognize maybe everything they've been taught and everything they've been thinking along those lines, especially, is not correct. It's not biblical. They need to get to the Word of God or somebody knows the Word of God and find out what you say. And as they do and they apply it, every hindrance, every stronghold, every roadblock that's been there will be obliterated in Jesus' name. You are here and you say, I've never made Jesus Lord of my life. That's where it starts. You confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Whoever calls upon his name will be saved. That's you and me to pray with you to make Jesus Lord of your life. Slip your hand up boldly, be glad to. Anybody? Anybody got any special need of prayer request? Miss Wanda, you are where's Miss Wanda? Yeah. Miss Lorda, you come up here. All right, we got some we got some children we're gonna pray for real quick here. Church children. Thank God for the word. Thank God for the Spirit of God. Hey, babies. She just wants to get prayed for. Well, we'll be glad to pray for you. Let me hold your hand. Yep. You want to hold Miss Laura Lee's hand? Thank we thank you right now.